Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Global Supply Chain Week. I'm Thomas Watson, trucking expert here at FreightWave. Super excited to have joining me, of course, Jackie Gonzalez, Vice President of Supply Chain Business Development at Crowley Logistics. We're going to be uh, talking a little bit about the maritime industry, folks, so let's get excited, get hyped. Jackie, welcome. Pleasure to have you on and get to talk with you about this. Thanks, Thomas. I'm excited to be here. And, uh, you know, for folks who uh, don't know much about Crowley and even the work you're doing in maritime, explain a little bit about kind of what you all do. So we're a full supply chain solutions provider. So in Crowley Logistics, we have the full suite of services, whether it's ocean, whether it's domestic trucking, warehousing, NBO. So we are asset, non-asset based. So when I'm talking to customers, I usually explain that we're a blended solutions provider um, since we have both the asset and the non-asset. And we kind of mix and match as needed depending on the customer's needs. So holistically, that's probably the shortest way I can explain exactly what we do. You do it all. And that's what's exciting to see is especially changes in the maritime space. Uh, We've seen uh, uh, quite an experience going on not only the past two years, but uh, leading up to it. Uh, For those who are just catching up or happen to have not been uh, paying attention to what's been going on, tell us a little bit about some of the big trends that uh, we've been witnessing uh, recently. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned over the last few years, but um, just to kind of throw in there, it's funny, you know, previously, not many people knew about supply chain. If people ask, what do you work in? What do you do for a living? I work in logistics. I work in supply chain. They'd be like, oh, that's nice. And they'd have no idea what you do. Now, it's such a hot topic that people like, they they're, they go right to it. They say, I know exactly what's happening in Asia. What's happening with the market? Why can't, why are the shelves empty? What's going on? Um, and that takes us back to the trends, right? So with the pandemic, um, it, it really just changed, you know, there was a flood of everything coming in. So, uh, you know, everyone had to adjust whether it was ocean, you know, there was a backlog on the West coast, are people going to go to the East coast? And now the trend is how do we readjust to the new normal? How do we change the capacity that we did have during the pandemic to now, you know, everybody pumped up, whether it was vessels in certain areas, equipment in certain areas, trucks in certain areas, and now is having to redeploy them to where the needs are today. You know, there's been a lot of things shifting, you know, into the in, into nearshoring, so closer to the Americas. And so instead of maybe things coming from the, so much coming from the West Coast, maybe now a lot more is coming into the East Coast and into the Gulf. And so how are we shifting all that capacity within the U.S.? Uh, as well as the the vessels in that space and and really just looking at everything you know from a broader picture and, instead of just single-handedly how do I get freight from Asia that used to always be the com- topic of conversation and now it's not just that it's how do we, you know, become better at, at bringing goods into the U.S.? And our customers have been really good about it. They've been really looking at things holistically, uh, really looking at things, you know, how, you know, instead of just I'm going to look at an ocean provider and other providers, it's how do I leverage the relationship with, you know, companies such as Crowley? And how do I get you to do more than just the ocean? And how do we partner together to look at in-country opportunities? And how, do, how am I able to move my manufacturing better and in better places? And looking at uh, winners and losers on nearshoring and reshoring, uh, you know, I've heard it's, it depends on who you ask. Some people say, well, yeah. it's returning back to a new sense of normalcy. And others are saying, well, we're seeing a fundamental shift in uh, how we're viewing our supply chains. This early coming the post-pandemic, has there been, in your experience, any folks who have uh, are starting to uh, take the lead in terms of getting the benefit most from these changes? 
So I think so, right? So I think you're more niche uh, providers or people that can offer more than just one thing um, because relationships are key, right? So it's really about, uh, you know, leveraging uh, as much as they can. Um, you know, not only can they bring in, you know, goods from the Americas, but then they can handle it to the door. So it's less stress. It's really technology, you know, for, you know, the one-stop shop companies, the one where I could get visibility of the whole supply chain. So it's really bringing value to our customers that way. Because previously, if they had an ocean provider and a truck provider and, uh, you know, a customs brokerage provider, they would have to go into three different systems to see their shipments, three different visibility platforms. So how can they single source? and single provide. So I think it's the people who are able to offer the full suite of services, the full supply chain, the blended, the asset versus non-asset, and really just giving a value chain to the customer. Those are the people who are winning today. That's what blows my mind. It feels like five years ago, visibility was something that uh, it, it was important, but it was no by no means so, like at a point where you had to have it and you could lose business or gain business. Uh, you know, from your experience and even from Crawley's, has that has there been any challenges or surprises as you're trying to integrate visibility or trying to get partner carriers or uh, you know connect via APIs with these customers or anything that kind of stood out in terms of now we need this? What are some things I've found out about it? You are absolutely right. It's a must-have. There is no more. You know, um, if I can get this, it'd be great. It's a requirement, and I think it's it's. There's definitely been some challenges, both from a customer perspective and from us, right? So we're going through a digital transformation. We're integrating all of our platforms for the visibility, for that single source visibility between all the different modes, all the different you know areas. And, and it's interesting to be able to, to mix and match all of those. And the customer, not only are they requiring it, but they also have a backlog on their side, connecting the APIs, connecting the EDIs. And so who are they prioritizing? And how are they going to get all of this in? And do they have the platform to even connect with you properly, the APIs and the EDIs, to get that streamlined visibility versus the, the choppiness and them having to look into multiple systems? So I think from both aspects, it's, there's a lot of challenges, but I think we're all working together. I think there's a lot of beta customers nowadays than there used to be a lot more of that and a lot more of hey we want to try something new with you are you interested and you get more yeses than no's there's no more i'm going to keep doing the way i've been doing things anymore so it's it's a the new norm is actually kind of fun it feels like we're finally moving into the 21st century my favorite story yeah. of edi is that the uh, it's been around since the 60s and 70s yeah. and then it's finally like 40, 50, 60 years later. And now we have APIs, of course. Um, you know, with maritime visibility, this is where I'm kind of curious about. Uh, I've seen some folks have like hardware, they're putting things in the, the boxes, but is it still a situation where if we're working in the maritime space and trends, is it still hard to find my box? Or is it easier once it gets unloaded and it gets on a truck or on the rail to figure out like, where is it? I wouldn't say it's easier or harder in either way. It just depends on what equipment you have. So recently, or not recently, actually, for the last couple of years, uh, Crowley specifically, we've continued to invest in, in tracker devices, just like you're mentioning. So in our refrigerated containers, we have a, a system that's satellite tracking. And at all times from a computer, we can change temperatures or adjust. It also, I know exactly where it's at at all point in time. Uh, we also have other tracking devices, even for whether it's dry containers or whatnot. This is Oceanside. Where it gets a little difficult is is pinging, right? It's making sure the vessel has the capability and capacity. The satellites are around to be able to track. Is it solar powered? Is it battery powered? How are we going to keep everything, you know, 
fully powered so we can continue to get the pings because like are you getting a ping once a day once a week what what does that look like so i would say it's a little more interesting on the ocean perspective i don't think people realize the different challenges that that comes with it um and then but once it hits inland and like you said if you're transloading and then moving a truck it's the transfer of that visibility that would be the challenge so i'd say they're both obviously there's challenges but they're different challenges than 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 what's i guess previously that that that's been there so we it's tying it all together and tying the systems and and the visibility i think it's been the hardest part for everyone right not just crowley um but it's it's getting there with technology we have nowadays that we definitely are more capable than we have been and looking at some of the trends right now in terms of pricing there's been a lot of hoopla about uh <laughs> where where are we going next coming you know it's two years we're coming off of twenty thousand dollars for some of them to move a container now we're getting down like below two thousand is this something where uh our customers uh gonna be forced in a situation kind of like trucking companies do you, the question is how far do I go how much do I push in terms of trying to get savings before maybe the market flips is there any kind of predictions or thoughts on the pricing aspect so luckily, I guess this is a Crowley plug, right? In the Americas, we didn't go to $20,000 a box. Our rates did not have that fluctuation like the, the Trans-Pacific trade did. So benefits of nearshoring, right? That's one of the huge benefits of nearshoring that's been a plug. Uh, our, our rates just adjusted with fuel, um, with chartering costs, like basic just costs. They were cost increases versus, I hate saying it, but gouging increases, right? Or however you want to put that, uh, just being able to flux with the market. So the, but the Trans-Pacific now, the market has already flipped. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the market trend on rates from the Trans-Pacific is so low, but the problem is, is it's not consistent. And that's still the issue. So even though now it may be cheaper than the current transportation from the Americas, that's just recent. Like you said, previously it was $20,000 a box. Now it's thousand dollars box or fifteen hundred dollars box depending on where you're coming from but it so it's really about are you looking for consistency reliability sustainability and and that's kind of i think where the customers are playing at is what is the good balance what is the best balance that they can have to keep that and and playing and exactly like you said playing to the market shifts and demand and is that going to bring more freight on the west coast in in supply chain it's always a game you know that, you know, coming from the, even from the trucking world, it's a game, whether it's contract freight, spot freight, what's going to win today. Uh, so I think that's the, that's why we're in this industry, right? It keeps us excited every day to come to work. That was the best thing I talked to two different people. Uh, we were talking about normalcy and seasonality. And uh, they said, well, well, Thomas, there's always been something. And it was like, well, there's a pandemic. Before that, there's hurricanes. There was a right. production issues. There was this and this always. and this. And it's hilarious because it does feel like the supply chain's always punctuated by an event. Um, speaking of things to now look at trying to predict this normalcy, Lunar New Year finished up on Lantern Day on February 5th this year. I hear about Chinese New Year, but at the same time, I'm not as, when the maritime industry, is this something like, uh, seasonal trends like that that we need to still pay attention to? Or are these nearshoring trends maybe going to lessen some of these smaller events that we typically see as like markers for seasonal shifts? So depending on the commodity, right? There's some commodities that are easy, like you can easily fluctuate into other areas versus that. But I, I would say that nearshoring would kind of subside that a little bit. Plus everyone plans for it. And I actually think that's part of some of the crunch and the, the market trends we're seeing today is 
what everyone's taking what happened last year, what happened two years ago. So they pre-planned so much that they're backlogged in inventory. And I'm sure you're hearing that everywhere. There's containers everywhere. You know, detention and demerge is the hot topic when it comes to the ocean perspective, what's going on there. And so I think it's every year it's really going to change. If you look at the past two years, you're, you're really not going to get accurate of what's happening um, just because it, it changes so frequently. And, and it's exactly like you said, it's how do you just kind of get adjusted and, and figure it out. But I do think that the, the, the trends will subside a little bit. Obviously, there's always that Christmas peak season. But last year, the Christmas peak season happened in June and July versus September, October. So I don't even think you can predict that anymore. And thinking of, uh, you know, staying flexible, it feels like the next theme. Let's say I'm a transportation manager. I've, I've been, you know, I've got high blood pressure because I've been yelled at for <laughs> too high transportation costs for two years. Uh, you know, looking at someone like Crawley or someone who's helping out in terms of moving items, what are some things I should be paying attention to moving forward to trying to get my footing and get an idea of like, what does this new environment look like? How should I kind of navigate it now? Because for the past two years, it felt like I was just strapped in for the ride. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk to our customers a lot about that, especially lately. And, and again, I think their biggest, their, their biggest point is relationships. And that's what's going to keep them more sustainable and kind of even killed over the next few years and, and understanding where that company is going. Because I think during the pandemic, all relationships were pressure tested. 100%. Now they know who are the real friends in the market? Who are the real friends in the supply chain industry? And that's, Totally true. If you talk to any of the customers, they're all going to say that, that they thought, you know, one person they had a good relationship with and they, they learned that maybe they didn't. But I think that's what's going to help that, that sustainability and that long term, that long term look. And that's who they're leaning on today and who they're looking for. So I, you know, I, I would just say that's kind of they're going to keep leaning on the relationships moving forward. And talk about sustainability is our final topic here. They're tying things up. Uh, hearing a lot about trying to figure out scope three, people I talk to uh, says the biggest challenge right now is even quantifying what you do. Uh, you know, for shippers who are getting ESG initiatives and getting this pressure from investors on, you know, trying to reduce emissions, what are some of the things people need to be paying attention to or how is sustainability an important topic to monitor as we move forward? Well, sustainability is really for the value chain, right? Uh, specifically for Crowley. And we're heavily investing. I mean, we actually have some strong initiatives. By 2025, we want to be the most sustainable and innovative maritime and logistics solutions provider in the Americas, right? That's a very bold statement. And a lot of that is working with our customers to understand their uh, sustainability goals. And like you said, scope three. I mean, that was a, I mean, that's a bold statement from us you know, having scope three as an initiative. And, and a, you know, we're, we're, we're promising that we're, you know, we're looking at scope three and how we're tracking it. We have done a lot through, you know, our procurement teams, our sustainability team is absolutely amazing. So I'm not going to act like I am an expert or know exactly what I'm talking about, but they have done so much to make us better at bringing the visibility and the tracking and really understanding it. You know, we, we, what I know from my experience is, you know, we have our LNG vessels in the Puerto Rico trade, which I think was a great, it, it was kind of on the cutting edge. We, we deployed them, I'd say about five years ago now. And so we were a little bit ahead of the curve from a sustainability conversation standpoint. Um, and now we're building four new LNG vessels for the Central America trade. So the important part here is that we already have the pre, you know, the, the infrastructure. 
So not only can we build upon the infrastructure, but we can kind of fluctuate whether it's now going into RNG. So we have that net zero and we have so and growing into that sustainability market. But even our customers, it's going to take our customers also, um, not just not saying they need to pay for it, right? Because there are different monetary values to, say, to sustainability, but there are things that they could do also. So it really is a sustainability partnership for all of the scopes, um, specifically scope three, and understanding that it's across the entire value chain that we're going to be sustainable. And, and it's, I don't think it's just a hot topic. I think it's something that we need to do, right? Need to do as, a, you know, a, a, from company standpoint, from the customer standpoint, from from everything, we really need to get better at it. And final question here, wrapping things up, of course, uh, time flies when you're having fun, but uh, folks want to learn more about Crawley, uh, get interested or check out some of these initiatives. What's the best way to get in contact with you all? Yeah, so definitely check out our website. Um, we have a, a newer and improved website. I believe they're redoing it again because we're constantly changing just like the rest of the world and the, and the market and the industry. Check out our website. There's a, definitely some contact us pages on there as, you know, Crowley Logistics. We have supply chain solutions listed in there. If people are wanting to look at more of the holistic view and they like the blended asset solution, because Crowley is typically known for their assets, but we're just as heavy in the non-asset. Um, how do I have someone else look at it from a different perspective? We would love to do that. And there's plenty of ways to contact us through there. And there's 1-800-Crowley, which sends you to our customer service center. And they can always ask to talk to me specifically if they want. They can redirect to Jackie Gonzalez or anyone on our sales team or our supply chain team would be happy to help. Thanks so much, Jackie. That's going to be a wrap for this talk. Uh, we're starting off the Global Supply Chain Week strong, folks. Check it out for sure. We've had uh, a few other folks going on as the, the week progresses. But if you want to find out more, check out the folks at Crawley. Exciting stuff going on in the maritime space. Thank you all so much.